So even when you think, you know, you've got all the knowledge and you're on top of things, if you're not paying close attention, it can really sneak up on you and mess some things up. And, you know, here I was slugging through the whole winter, just blaming it on winter, right? Blaming it on winter, the blues, the age, all this stuff. And it turned out to be something real physiological. You're listening to Make Some Noise Podcast, episode number 503 with guest Terilyn Sell. Welcome to Make Some Noise Podcast, your guide for strategies, tools, and insight to empower yourself. I'm your host, Andrea Owen, global speaker, entrepreneur, life coach since 2007, and author of three books that have been translated into 18 languages and are available in 22 countries. Each week, I'll bring you a guest or a lesson that will help you maximize unshakable confidence, master resilience, and make some noise in your life. You ready? Let's go. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. I hope that you're well. I hope that this 4 or 5% so far that we are into 2023 has been amazing for you. And I wanted to tell you that coming up this year, I have two really amazing things that are very much the same, but the delivery is going to be completely different. So you all know that I am certified in the work of Dr. Brene Brown. Her methodology is called The Daring Way, based on her book, Daring Greatly, which is a 12-module process that I take people through that is around courage, vulnerability, and shame resilience. It's amazing. I've been facilitating it since 2014. So last year, you may have known I did a retreat after having not done one for many years. It was phenomenal. And I'm going to host another one in the fall. I am also going to be doing this online, which I also haven't done in a long time. And I want to make sure that if you want to get in on it, that you don't miss it. So if you head on over to andreaowen.com slash retreat, there is a button on that page. Well, first you can read all about the curriculum and what it is. There's a button on there where you can sign up for early notification uh, on the retreat, but I'm also going to be emailing that list first when I, because I'm offering the online version first. So that's going to be the notification people. There's going to be an early bird price for both the retreat and the online Daring Way program. Hope this isn't confusing. I really hope this makes sense. (laughs) Anyway, signing up does not obligate you um, to purchase either the online program or the retreat. But it will ensure that you hear about it very first and that you get in on that early bird pricing. So andreaowen.com slash retreat. The online version is going to be six weeks long. We will meet twice a week, probably in the evening, because I know a lot of you have regular nine to five jobs. And we'll get through the 12 modules that way. And then, of course, the retreat is going to be in person. It's going to be here in North Carolina, most likely in Asheville again, with around... I don't know, eight to 10 women. And I'm really excited. I just, I love this curriculum so much. I believe in it fiercely. I absolutely love facilitating it. And the women always get so much out of it, including a step-by-step process in order to manage a lot of the behaviors that we don't like that we do, that you probably read about and how to stop feeling like shit and just a way to manage really difficult situations. All right, we are still on the women's health theme 
that I almost forgot the word theme. Is anybody else like in that place in your life when you're forgetting words that you use all the time? Anyway, all right, uh, Dr. Terilyn is here and it was such a great conversation. I've just been learning so much from these guests. I, I hope that you are too. So let me tell you a little bit about her for those that are new to her work. As a practicing therapist for almost two decades, it wasn't until Dr. Terilyn went into private practice that she noticed her clients, who were primarily women, were getting sicker and sicker despite therapy and medication. She knew there was something really wrong with that picture, so she set out to find alternative solutions that actually helped them. That's when she began to study what impacts the brain. Dr. Terilyn finds the root of their issues so they can actually feel better by combining functional medicine and psychology. So without further ado, here is Dr. Terilyn. Dr. Terilyn, thank you so much for being here. Well, I am so excited to have this conversation. I am too. I have just been loving, right now we're in a a theme in my podcast called women's health. And so it, it does sort of encompass a lot of different things, but I love your work so much. And I want to start because I was uh, perusing your website. Okay. So on the homepage, like right in the very beginning, when you land on your, your website, drterilyn.com, I love that you say, the fact is no matter what you've been told before, despite your age or stage in life, you can have an energetic, fun, loving, vivacious, make your own girlfriend's jealous kind of life. So I'm curious about the, the, no matter what you've been told part. Oh my <laughs> what gosh. Are, what are you finding your clients have been told that make them feel discouraged or whatever they're feeling when they find you? Well, firstly, I have to say I am almost 54 years old. Okay. And so I have been through the ringer with things that I have been told throughout the aging process. That's why I put that on there because we're told things like as we age, we just kind of have to suck it up really. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, if you say I'm tired, we've been told things like, well, you know, you've got a busy life and you've got kids and you've got all these things. And you're like, but I'm still, I'm like, more tired than I should be, I feel. Right, but I'm not you know? 84, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> nor nor do I want to act like I'm 84. You know, I was told these things when, oh, really, I, I started going to the doctor after my second child was born, so I was in my 30s. Okay. And I'm like, why am I so tired? And mm -hmm. there were no answers. The answers were those blatant things like, you know, you're a mom, you're a new mom. And I'm like, but I just feel so much more tired than that. Um, and now fast forward, the last time I went in with the whole fatigue thing was probably about mm, 10 years ago or so. And I said, I'm so tired. And I walked out of an endocrinologist office with a prescription for an antidepressant, mm -hmm. a sleep aid, and a stimulant all in 20 minutes. Oh, wow. That sounds like very 1970s. Like Needless to say, <laughs> as she was writing the scripts, I looked at her and I said, don't even like, don't, don't bother. I'm not going to be taking those. And she looked at me and she goes, then why are you here? And I was like, well, I don't know. I thought maybe you could help me, mm -hmm. you know, but clearly not. So <laughs> not, that's not really with uppers and downers. Uh -huh. No, right. I'm not Elvis Presley, or maybe that's <laughs> aging me too much. <laughs> but you know, I, do, that's, I don't want to be propped up in my mm. life just to survive my life. I want to live it, you know? So I found that in my own private practice that 
those are common things that women go through. You know, we we are searching for answers and we're just not getting anywhere. So I started diving into not just mental health stuff, but you know, the functional medicine route and how nutrition impacts your your brain health and your fatigue and your stress, you know, how to manage mm-hmm. your stress through different modalities. And so now here I am. Yeah. I, I, in my experience, and my my audience might be tired of, of hearing the story, but there might be like one or two of you that, that don't know. And, and part of the reason that I have asked you on and a couple other practitioners that are that are similar is I went through my own health journey similar to yours. And it was right at the onset of COVID. And I was I had just mm-hmm. turned 45. So there was those two other big variables of like, is this just COVID stress? Is this perimenopause? Or is it something else? And right. it took 18 months to figure out it was something else that I have Hashimoto's. And then I was just given a prescription for thyroid medication and was like sent on my way. And then I did a little bit more research and realized like, oh, there's there's this whole other answer that I can look for. It's like, what is the what is the root cause? Like, why is my immune system going haywire? And so that's I'm in that right now. I just started seeing a functional medicine doctor and it is fascinating. You know, what's funny though, is because like I'm 47 now and like I have heard about this whole like I'm using air quotes, diet and exercise you speak of. <laughs> exactly. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I think for many of us, we hear it and we're like, yeah, yeah, but we're in our 20s and 30s and eating Cheetos and Diet Coke and it's fine. We're resilient. But what I have found is that my body just isn't quite as resilient anymore. And so no. I think we just are kind of forced to like, you know, someone's taking our head and and turning our head towards, okay, you really need to look at your stress, your sleep, your hydration, your food, like and exercise. Oh, and, and all of that is is can be accumulated into the word stress because stress is basically anything and everything what you put in your body what you surround your body with i mean mm-hmm. when i when i talk about stress i i feel like we need to have a better definition of what that really means cuz otherwise it seems so like oh it's stress well well thank you captain obvious now it's a big what? bucket mm-hmm. well how do you define stress um emotional stress yeah. uh so you know all the emotions that we have dietary stress so the foods that you eat can be causing a stress load on your body mm-hmm. and um, hidden sources of inflammatory stress, which can be gut health related. It can be illness, injury type things. So those are the pretty big three pillars of what um, comprises of stress. And well, that emotional oh. stress is also, you know, interpersonal things and, and stuff like that too. Oh, sure. That's usually what we're talking about over here on this podcast is like the personal development side. So my audience is very well versed in that. Well, I would love to hear some stats if you have them off the top of your head, which I'm sure you do because you talk about it a lot around women's prescriptions for depression and anxiety, and maybe even menopause that we may not know about. Because I hear a lot of stories like yours, like mine, where women go in and they have these problems and they're like, here's an antidepressant or here's you know, a sleep med and and what are some, do you have any like staggering stats for us? Well, you know, the biggest staggering stress, I mean, I'm sorry, staggering. I can't even speak today. I'm so sorry. <laughs> staggering stat. Jeez. You know what helps with that? Omega-3 fatty acids. Okay. I did not take them this morning. <laughs> for sale on Amazon, link in my bio. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. The, the biggest thing that is concerning to me most is the amount of prescriptions for 
antidepressant and anti-anxiety medication for women in menopause and higher. Mm-hmm. That number is growing exponentially. And I don't even think we know exactly how many women take it for that purpose, right? It's just mm-hmm. an overall prescription number. Like, um, God, what is what is it? I think it's more than 40% right now of women in that age category are on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication for menopause. Okay. And I'm which- like, yes. And I'm like, if you go on, I don't know if you've ever been on any of these Facebook groups, but I'm on Facebook groups for menopause and things like that. Mm-hmm. The amount of women who are on antidepressants because they go to their provider for menopausal symptoms, mm-hmm. I want to, I want to cry. Like when I, I'm like, I want to cry. Why are we not fixing the real reason? And I understand that, you know, our hormones change throughout our lifetime yeah. and they continue to change. And we can't necessarily turn back the hands of time, but why do we have to accept feeling like garbage and taking an antidepressant, which changes the structure of our brain? Why mm-hmm. do we have to accept that as our, you know, outcome here? Why don't we fix it with, you know, hormone replacement or bioidentical hormone replacement or supplementation or healthy lifestyle? Reducing our stress load impacts our cortisol, which also impacts our hormones. Yeah. So again, we go back to stress, how we can manipulate our stress load yields big outcomes in our brain health and our hormonal health. Why are we not doing that? Because antidepressants are easier. And they're and they're pr- pretty cheap. I mean, most of them are, you know, in terms of like prescription meds, which I know can be super expensive, but I think a lot of the antidepressants are at least in my experience, you know, under 10 bucks a month. Well, that is so true. And that's a huge barrier for so many people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do bioidentical hormones and it is expensive. Yeah. You know, I, I it, haven't it, yet, it but I've heard that it's expensive. Yeah. It's, it can be very expensive, but at this stage of my life, you know, I've also been on antidepressants and those made me feel worse. That was mm-hmm. earlier on. That was postpartum stuff for me. That was, you know, a six year journey of quote unquote, postpartum depression, just because I couldn't get off of them, you know, but there's so many women who are just like that. You know, you have, um, you, you can't, there's no tapering protocols and things like that because every person is uniquely physiologically different. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's no one size fits all fits all approach to tapering a med, which is why so many people, particularly women, are on these medications for a lifetime. I mean, there's, Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, there's like twice as many women on antidepressants than men. You know, we can say, well, men don't go to the doctor as frequently as women. I'm like, well, also when men go to the doctor and they're complaining about libido problems, um, they're not going to get an antidepressant because that's going to cause more problems. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to get a little blue pill. A woman goes in and complains about libido problems and she's going to get a stimulant and an antidepressant like me, yeah. you know? So what is that? What is well, this is like that? a side, a side question. Do, do yeah. men's hormones change? I know obviously they go through puberty and their hormones change, but do they change to the dramatic effect that women's do like at any time in their life after puberty? For men, they, they can, they can. I mean, and men's, especially testosterone, lowers as they age. Of course, right. mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's nearly as profound though. And it's primarily just testosterone for them, from what I understand. 
Primarily. Okay. Yep. But but even their stress hormone though, right? Their cortisol, yeah. that can change. That's hormonal too. You know, mm-hmm. that does impact your hormones, but it's definitely not as profound as a woman's. And, you know, because well, I mean, I my poor husband, I always talk about him on podcasts. I'm like, my husband does this thing. Um, I mean, he gets like night sweats and things like that, and that's a hormonal thing. Hmm. Um, kind of like a hot flash for a woman, but his is only in in the nighttime, mm-hmm. you know. So they do they do change, but just not as um starkly, I would say. You know, I, I I wanted to ask you this question at the very end, and I but I now I'm feeling drawn to to jump ahead a little bit because I'm thinking about someone listening to this podcast episode who may be in that age range where she's either sure she's in perimenopause or menopause, or she might suspect that she's in perimenopause, and she's been put on an antidepressant for her symptoms, and she doesn't feel all that much better. Maybe she feels a little bit better, but it's suspicious that it might be something else, but doesn't know where to start. Because I know from my experience, it is overwhelming to look up hormone replacement therapy. And it's just like, what do I see my regular doctor? Do I see a functional medicine doctor? I don't even know what a functional medicine doctor is. Like, where do you recommend that they start? So the first place that I tell people is go online and look up the Institute of Functional Medicine. Mm -hmm. They have a provider database. And if you look for an MD, they can prescribe hormonal therapy. So um, that's how I found mine. Oh, okay. And yeah, it's a great resource. Um, of course, it's just one resource. But to me, I'm like, well, I'm not going to look up 17 different ones if I have a an MD provider near me on this yeah. list, you know. Mm-hmm. So the Institute of Functional Medicine is probably one of the top functional medicine schools um, out there. And a lot of people with health degrees can can take those courses. But if you're looking for someone who can prescribe, make sure there's an MD at the end of their name, yeah, you know, or a DO or something like that at the end of their name. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it's, it. It's, well, just that, it's just that easy. Just the, as easy as you would look up any other doctor, you know, around. I think mm-hmm. people are afraid of functional medicine doctors. I think, pri- well, there's fear in finances, of course, because yeah. most of them do not submit to insurances, but Correct. I use my health savings account. So we just mm-hmm. load that sucker That's up. That's what we do. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Every year I'm like, and my husband says, he's like, I am so glad we have that. I'm <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. You and me both. Mm-hmm. That's what we did. And it, I was at a point where I was desperate and also knew that a functional medicine doctor was going to look at my diet. And probably yes. <laughs> um, it got to the point where it's like, do you want to feel better? Then you're going to have to make these changes. And Right. Which is counterintuitive, I have to say, because when you feel like garbage, like making changes is so difficult, right? When When you are so fatigued, it is really difficult to make changes. Because you're craving all of these foods or activities that really aren't helping you. I think the thing that, and maybe this is helpful for people listening. So I I went to go see the functional medicine doctor. And even though I knew that her and her team were going to say, like, you really should cut out gluten, even though, because I've I've cut out gluten two different times in my life. And both times I didn't feel any different. I didn't feel, I was a little tiny less bloated, but I didn't have more energy. Like I thought, I was going to wake up and feel like a million fucking bucks. <laughs> I got to like, tell you. So, but hold on a minute because I, okay. So I have been gluten-free for about five years. And mm-hmm. so if I accidentally or not so accidentally decide that I want something glutinous, <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Um, I pay for it the next one to two days in fatigue. Okay. Um, 
meaning like I thought I was going to have bloating stuff or gastrointestinal problems, you know, all of that. And I didn't. So when I first took gluten out of my life, well before this time, this last five years, I thought the same thing. And so I took it out for like 60 days and then I put it back in and I was like, well, I don't feel any different. You know, I was like, Mm -hmm. what, what is this gluten magic? You know, the next day I was so tired. I was Mm -hmm. like, barely open my eyes tired. And I, I didn't connect it. I didn't connect it at all. And I was like, oh, I'm just having a really tired day. Mm -hmm. Right. Didn't, didn't connect it. And so I went back to the whole gluten thing and then the whole fatigue thing and, you know, obliviously was not connecting any dots. And then the second time I did it, gave it up this time, I think it was just 30 days. I'm like, fine, I'll do it again. And I noticed the same thing, like 24 to 48 hours later, I just wanted to take a nap. Yeah. And, and then I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, I think it's gluten. So I, I think the point is, is we look for certain symptomology and if we don't see that, like, oh, it didn't upset my stomach. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not going to see that I couldn't keep my eyes open and I wanted to take a nap the next day, mm-hmm. you know? So looking outside of what you, you think is going to be typical for the whole gluten thing or whatever it is that you're doing with your food, we don't know that we feel like garbage until we don't feel like garbage and we look back. Yeah. You know, like, well, I really felt like shit back then, you know, like, yeah, it was terrible. And what she, the way she explained it to me is she said, you're right. You might not feel any different right now. She's like, but I can tell you, especially someone with an autoimmune disorder, eventually it will catch up with you. Uh, you know, it might, it might be when you're 57 or when you're 67, but then you're, then you don't want to get to that place where you're start to, you're starting to really feel the symptoms and then you, it's going to be even harder for you to make changes. And so when she said that, I was like, God damn it. Like, I really, I really want there to be evidence. I want like, (laughs) I want it right in front of me. I don't want it to be like, so journal what you feel like now. And when you're 70, read the they keep telling me. Exactly. That's what they keep saying. Yeah. yeah. And I want to say this too, is that I was very pleasantly surprised that when, because there's also a nutritionist that works at this office that I've been talking to. And I I came into the nutritionist's office and I said, all right, I'm going to be really transparent with you. I am grieving the fact that I have to change my diet. And she was like, of course you are. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you for acknowledging that, you know, that whole emotional piece of that. So emotional. it's an interesting conversation to have, and I'm glad we're having it because what I want to say is, you know, we all vacillate in and out of, I'll say health, like different levels of health mm-hmm. and wellness. Mm-hmm. And it is definitely not a linear process. Mm-hmm. And even if you're doing all the right things, something may go wrong that you have to backtrack and figure out. Yeah. So last winter, I was not feeling well. I was so tired all winter long and, and I'm in Wisconsin and I know as Mm. I age vitamin D, you know, takes a toll and all this stuff. And and I'm like, gosh, this winter is such a hard winter for me. Wisconsin gets like a dusting of snow, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Just a small (laughs) dusting. (laughs) And it's so the skies are low hanging and gray Mm -hmm. and it's just icky. But anyway, I just kept grinding. And I'm like, why do I feel so terrible? I had everything checked like, um, like six months prior. And I was like, wow, I, it's just, again, 
it must be because I'm getting old, you know, all these things. Well, I actually, that's when I hit up a functional medicine doctor again, and my thyroid was in severe hypo. Like it had not been hypothyroid like this in years. Hmm. I still don't know why it got there. I have no idea. Could just be hormonal changes. Yeah. No clue. But I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh. No wonder. Yeah. No wonder I was feeling so terrible. And I knew I was feeling awful, but I didn't, I just couldn't put my thumb on it because I felt like things had been managed for so long. Actually, also switched up thyroid medications, which I had been told previously, don't use the natural stuff. It won't work for you. You've been on this other stuff for so long. And I'm like, but I want to try it. Well, mm-hmm. I tried it and then I've been in hyperthyroid for the last half a year. And I'm like, holy crap, that's why my TikToks are amazing right now. Cause like, you know, <laughs> just get <laughs> manic. <laughs> I, yes. I'm like, these are my manic TikToks versus last winter were my sluggish TikToks, mm-hmm. you know? That's so interesting. Yeah. So even when you think, you know, you've got all the knowledge and you're on top of things, if you're not paying close attention, it can Mm -hmm. really sneak up on you and mess some things up. And, you know, here I was slugging through the whole winter, just blaming it on winter, Winter right? Blaming it on winter, the blues, the age, all this stuff. And it turned out to be something real physiological. I, I appreciate that. And and one thing that I've yeah. learned on this health journey and, and everyone, quick disclaimer, I am no thyroid expert. I, I do not have a medical degree. I just know my own body is that I have gotten very familiar with my labs. And what I do yes. now is I print everything out. And this is this is what brought me to kind of like demand to my general practitioner that I see an endocrinologist when I got diagnosed was because I looked for patterns because my labs kept coming back mostly normal, but I would be like on the border of it'd be like yeah. subclinical mm-hmm. levels. And I'm like, but I feel like shit and <laughs> this shouldn't be exactly. happening. So I looked at the pattern and I'm watching like from 2015 and I'm, I took out my highlighter and just started highlighting as watching my thyroid get higher and higher over the years to the point where it was at 4.47. And for, for most doctors, you don't cross over into the high range until you're at 4.5. Yep. And so they were like, no, but you're going <laughs> to strangle somebody. Oh my gosh. I would have felt terrible. My my thyroid was just I a did. little over five. Yeah. Mine was a little over five and I was horrible the whole winter. I could barely keep my eyes open. Another person, another woman who's my age might be at that 4.47 and she might feel fine. And so right. what I have now come to understand is that some people, once they even cross over into three or three and a half in, on, on their TSH for their thyroid, they might start feeling like shit. And so I I say this to encourage people to really take a good look at your labs and like print them out and have them in a file. And and if you can go back and the portals have made things so much easier for us to get access to our records. And I've never did that before and didn't didn't need to. And so now I just kind of pour over and I'm Googling like, what does this mean? And what does that mean? And does this have to do with this? And I'm kind of getting my own quasi degree in labs. Um, But I, I think it's important to figure out like what numbers you need to be at to where you feel good because it might not look different. It might look different from someone else or even what's in their range. Oh yeah. The thyroid number that I feel the best at is one. Okay. It's one. I was over two and a half. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was over, see, even two and a half. So my, one of my friends came to me and she's like, can you just look, take a look at the labs? And I'm like, sure, I'll take a look. And her thyroid was around three. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I just can't figure out why I'm so tired. I said, you know, 
it could be partly this, this number here. Maybe that number is not your optimal number, even though, you know, the doctor's like, well, you're in range, you know, didn't flag anything, but are you in your range? You know, do you even know what your range is? Because you guys, you are more than a sum of a lab value. Oh, yeah. Your lab value. Yeah, your lab value could be complete. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I can't wait to see that one. But you, you are more than that. You have to figure out where your best self lives within those value ranges, Mm -hmm. you know, and and that's a tough thing unless you really start tuning in, you know, like, like you, you you looked back. Yeah. You looked back and you're like, wow, this is when I was feeling good. This is when I wasn't feeling so good. Like, wow, my value is right around here. And it took feeling pretty desperate for me to do that. I just, I wanted some answers and wasn't getting them and had to take it into my own hands. If you like to consume podcasts, which I'm assuming that you do because you're here, if you do, I think you would love audiobooks if you have not found them already. Audible has a free trial. You can try it for 30 days for $0, and then you can get two free audiobooks with Premium Plus. All three of my books are over there on Audible, 52 Ways to Live a Kick-Ass Life, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit, and Make Some Noise, plus most of the books I recommend here on this show and my guests' books are over there as well. After 30 days, you get one audiobook a month for $14.95 a month, and you receive 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases, and you can cancel at any time. Easy peasy. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. Go to andreaowen.com slash audible to sign up for your free trial. That's andreaowen.com slash audible. I, I want to switch gears slightly though and talk about the brain and in your in your experience and your expertise, what do you consider brain health? What don't I consider brain health? I think <laughs> would be a more important question. Um Pretty much anything in the brain, if you don't have a brain, you've got nothing. Just kind of like if you don't have a heart, you cannot live. Like if you don't have a brain, you cannot live. And that is the one organ that we, unless you have like migraine headaches or you've suffered a traumatic brain injury or stroke, nobody's really talking about it. Mm -hmm. And yet it is the one organ that you need to have thought processes, you know, um, moods, everything is centralized in your brain. So unless we start taking care of the health of our brain through our thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. Again, we go back to those pillars. So our thoughts, our emotions, and the biggest one that is missed is food. Primarily when you think of food, like regulating your blood sugar is huge for brain health. And that is a very basic concept. So, you know, what, how can you easily regulate blood sugar? Well, eat protein every two to three hours. Mm -hmm. So protein and blood sugar are the two biggest things. Now you can get granular with leafy greens and things like that, but most people when they're struggling, they're barely eating anything and they're definitely not eating things of nutritional value. Mm -hmm. And certainly their blood sugar is off a lot. Um, So just straightening that up, like straightening up your blood sugar, hydration a little bit more, you know, blood sugar and proteins. And, you know, proteins are the building blocks of your uh, neurotransmitters. Mm -hmm. So when you eat protein, you're actually improving your serotonin and dopamine. And I've also found that 
so many, I'll just talk about women, but men too, who struggle with fatigue. Like when you get prescribed an antidepressant, it's targeting serotonin, right? It's targeting. Mm -hmm. So an SSRI is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. So it's targeting how your serotonin moves between neurons, right? Well, here's the thing. Cortisol, your stress hormone is implicated in your dopamine pathway, which is your reward pathway, your giddy up and go, your drive, your motivation. Mm -hmm. So if you go to the doctor and you complain that you've got low energy and fatigue and they're like, oh, you must be depressed. I'm like, or, or you need to optimize your dopamine pathway, Hmm. right? (laughs) So it's very different than just saying you're depressed. You need more happy serotonin. No, I need more drive. I need more energy, right? And so that that cortisol and the dopamine pathway is a strong implication there. You need cortisol to create um, adrenaline and noradrenaline within that pathway. So if you are running low on cortisol, and here's the other thing. Most people think that if they're under stress, they're running high on cortisol. Well, sure, in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, when you reach my age, you are low. You've got nothing else. Like you maybe have like a. Spurt. Is it kind of like gas in the tank type of thing? Or <laughs> kind of like gas in okay. the tank? Yes, it's a lot like gas in the tank. Huh. Um, now you're running on fumes at this mm-hmm. point. We call that you know? angel farts in our house. <laughs> That's so funny because in my brain yeah. I was going to say, should I say fart or yeah, not? Yeah, you can here? say whatever. <laughs> yeah, you want. I can say. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but that's brain health and understanding your pathways and what your body needs is like next generation brain health, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In the in the early stages, we're just really looking at brain fuel. And brain fuel can also be like, I hate the word toxic, but I'm going to use it like a toxic work environment or even a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in, but you are, mm-hmm. right? All of that is brain fuel all of it. It's not just one thing. Yeah. So again, we can't work our way out. We can't think our way out of a sh- of shitty nutritional status and we cannot nutrition our way out of crappy relationships. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have to kind of take a step back globally and look at our lives and say like what is it that's causing me the most duress in my life and make changes from there too. You know, I years ago before I went into private practice, it's been a decade, over a decade now, which just floors me. I left my um, state job, you know, the sure thing job, Mm -hmm. and I left that to go into private practice, but I left it. Well, that was that was when I went to the doctor and she gave me all the meds. And I remember driving home and I got into the driveway and I walked in the house and I looked at my husband straight up. He was sitting on the couch and I was standing in front of him and I said, okay. So I can medicate my way through this job or I can quit my job and do something else. And he looked at me and he goes, you're quitting your job. Yeah. And I said, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. I am. And it changed everything. So, and I know I feel, you know, people are like, well, I can't quit my job. And I'm like, I didn't think I could either. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't think that that was even an option, but what is the, um, value of staying. Yeah. You know, or what is the price you pay when you stay in situations you shouldn't be in? Well, your brain, your mm-hmm. your brain is the price you pay. Your well-being. And yeah, again, your well-being. Like I I don't want to have brain problems when I'm 70, you know? I mm-hmm. don't. And sometimes, you know, kind of flipping this the conversation back to menopause, like 
some of the things that I've experienced in menopause, and a lot of people also have, are brain functioning problems, like inability to find certain words. Yeah. You know, um, (laughs) it's funny because I'll like look at something. I'll be like, I want to talk about my phone and I'll, I'll say, you know, the thing that you dial and you call people on, like, I can't (laughs) find the word phone, you know, (laughs) but all of those things tell me that something is up. Usually it's a blood sugar issue or an omega-3 fatty acid issue that helps me with word finding so much. And okay, you know, I'm, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to ask about um, supplements that are the most helpful to the brain. And you, I, before I do not want to let you go before I ask you this very specific question. Do you have a recommendation for an omega-3 supplement that does not give you fish burps? Oh my God. You mean like a brand? You want me to just like say a brand I, here? Yeah. Is that what you're looking for? <laughs> Yes. No, because am I okay to say? <laughs> yeah, I don't think you have a supplement line. So it's like nobody's making any commission. Like if it's an Amazon link, then somebody's going to make five cents. You know, it's like, it's not. But yeah, right. every single one that I found gives me fish burps and it's just, oh, I can't stomach it. Okay. Well, first thing I have to tell people is do not go to a big box retailer and buy two for one. Don't get okay? them at Costco. Mm-hmm. Don't get them at Costco. Oh, I Actually, Costco. I did a I did a whole <laughs> series on this on my TikTok. We love Costco, just not for their omega threes. But anyway, um, I did a whole TikTok video on this where I compared different brands just for the EPA DHA values on omega three fatty acids, and found out that you had to eat like forty of them, okay, um, to get the value that you. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, no wonder they're two for one. You have to eat a lot of these things like to, to get there. So wow. you have, you kind of have to know what you're looking for in the values, but also some of the fish burp stuff has to do with the quality of the fish oil itself. Okay. So honestly, using the higher quality stuff, I mean, there's a couple different brands. Nordic Naturals usually is okay, but sometimes that gives me burps. Um, but I really do love Designs for Health. Um, designs for health has wonderful omega threes. I've never had a problem with them. My husband doesn't have a problem with them. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of stick with what works for me. Um, but higher quality is going to yield better results. Unfortunately, it is true, especially with supplementation and especially with omega three fatty acids. Okay. So don't go cheap. I've heard if you put them in the freezer, that might help, or that might've been, don't quote me on that. <laughs> I've not had success. Cause I have tried when, have so tried. Okay. when I went, when I went on vacation. So last year I took a six weeks of self discovery and I just kind of left my life for six weeks and, um, I did not pack any supplements, so I had to purchase them. Um, so I went to the store and I purchased some, and I believe that they were, they were Nordic naturals. Sorry, okay. Nordic Naturals. But anyway, I threw those suckers in the freezer. I did all these things. And I kept thinking, like, did I just eat tuna? What's going uh, on here? Because I, I haven't experienced that for so long. Because, yeah. But because I changed brands, that's what happened to me. So, you know, you kind of have to find the brand that works for you, you know, that you don't get yeah, that icky I, I actually, thing. there was one brand that I had bought for my kids when they were younger called, I think it's called Barleen's and it's a liquid. Yeah, Barleen's, yeah. And mm-hmm. it comes in lemon, I think is the one that I got. And it was pretty tasty actually. And I used to mix it, it in, is. Their, in their yogurt. And I it was yeah, expensive or though. smoothie or anything. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I feel yep. like it was expensive. So, um, yeah, Designs for Health also has um, the liquid stuff too. It's called Omega Veil, but it is expensive. And again, you need a lot of them. Well, kids don't need as much as adults, but 
we're looking at like 1500 to 3000 combined EPA DHA, which is on the label on the back. The okay. front of the bottle will say 2000 milligrams of fish oil. And then when you look at the EPA DHA, it'll say 10. You know, you're oh. like, oh my gosh, no, okay. no, no, no. So you do need a high quality and you do need more of it. There's a disclaimer here. If you guys, if anybody is on, um, blood thinners, you got to get permission from your doctor to use omega-3s because they do have some blood thin thinning effects. So that's really what the only side note to that. But otherwise, okay. they really, if I can tell when I don't take them, mm -hmm. um, as far as like my thoughts, like how I, and word retrieval is the biggest one, you know, so Yeah, crazy. word retrieval is getting trickier for me. I've noticed in yes. the last handful of years and I, I'm not yes. on a, um, on a, a omega. I'm not. Yeah, so try it. I will. Yes. Okay. I have, mm -hmm. I have one more question for you before we close up. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious if you could tell us what are what's like one or two of the most helpful things that you can think of that that someone could do to to help their mental well being. There are four four big ones. Okay. All right. So <laughs> there's four big ones, and when I say these four, I'm gonna you guys are gonna be like, you know, <laughs> really here we go again. What I want to say is pick one of these pillars and start mm -hmm. working from there before you add to the next one. Okay. So eat, sleep, move, meditate. So nutrition, again, we talked about blood sugar regulation as a starting point and protein as a starting point. That's it. Mm -hmm. Don't think about nutrition in terms of weight loss. Think about, about nutrition in terms of brain health. Okay. So eat, sleep. So most of us, <laughs> and I've done it too are up scrolling social media till all hours of the night. It's like the rabbit hole that you fall down every mm -hmm. night. Speaking you know, of dopamine and serotonin. Yeah. Yeah, right. That does not help your sleep. You know? uh -huh. Exactly. Called sleep hygiene. And you can look mm -hmm. up easy sleep hygiene things to do. Um, I think the National Sleep Center has a really nice uh, sleep hygiene download to look at. Again, there's a there's a ton of things on the on the list. Pick one or two, try that and be consistent. So movement, find something you enjoy or can at least tolerate, like just going for a walk, mm -hmm. you know, um, that's, those are easy things in the winter. It gets more challenging last year. I, well, you know, I was having a funky last year anyway, but, um, I had to go buy myself the appropriate gear because I kept convincing myself that it was too cold to go outside. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to buy all the clothes so I will not be cold and I have no excuse. So I did that. So find something. And we're looking at starting with 15 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. 15 minutes. And then meditation is the last one. Um, and a lot of us get that wrong in the Western world um, because people go, I can't meditate because I cannot clear my mind. Well, when I was on my six weeks to self-discovery, I actually learned how to meditate with uh, some Buddhist priests, which was a pretty cool experience. I was like, wow, I, I was doing this all wrong. I was doing it all wrong. <laughs> it's really just an individual sustained attention on your breath. Okay. And if you, and then you just bring your breath back. If your mind waters, waters, wanders, it if water it wanders too. off, <laughs> it might water, you might have watery eyes or whatever, but you know, so I just started with five minutes because it takes your body about five to seven minutes to recognize that it's not being chased by a bear and there's no threat. Mm -hmm. Okay. So exactly. start with five to seven minutes of just breathing and um, focusing on your breath in and out for five to seven minutes and start with that. So we have eat, sleep, move, meditate.
Eat, sleep, move, meditate. I love it. Thank you so, so, so much. Before we close, is there anything that you wanted to circle back to that you feel like you forgot to mention or wanted to tie up or do you feel complete? You feel very complete. You feel complete. Okay. I I am so glad. I appreciate you. And tell everyone where you want them to go to learn more about you. Where can, where can they find you on, on the internets? I would guess that so many of your listeners are on TikTok. So if you haven't already, head over to TikTok and it's Dr. Tara Lynn. Mm -hmm. That is my name across all social media. That's probably the biggest place you can find me. Dr. Tara Lynn on TikTok. And then all these links will be in the show notes, everybody, even the the supplements that we talked about, as well as Dr. Tara Lynn's website. Thank you again so much for being here. I have enjoyed you and this conversation. And I have I've really been enjoying the, the women's theme of, uh, or the, the theme of women's health, I should say. And listeners, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time and know how valuable it is. And remember, it's our life's journey to make ourselves better humans and our life's responsibility to make the world a better place. Bye for now, everybody. Hey, did you know there's free secret podcast episodes waiting for you that are not part of my regular podcast feed? Yes. AndreaOwen.com slash free. And you just sign up. You get a link sent to you. It's very secret. It's like a secret club. We don't have a secret handshake. Don't worry about that. But it's these motivating podcast episodes that I made for you. They're under 20 minutes each. There's three of them. They're for wherever you are in your life. So head on over there and grab them. They range from really supporting you and seeing you where you are and being compassionate all the way to giving you a giant kick in your ass and telling you how amazing and gorgeous and phenomenal you are. So andreaowen.com slash free and get your hands on that free podcast feed. 